that's a pretty weak topic as well. Anyway, let's get into it. We can come up with that later. Yeah. As tradespeople, we often have the attitude that sales or selling is somehow a dirty word that conjures up the images of uh, dodgy real estate agents or used car salespeople. Now, tune into today's podcast where we dive into how to make more sales in your business and at the same time provide excellent customer service to your clients. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. Alrighty, Tony Fraz-Jones here, the host of the Profitable Tradie Podcast with my trusty sides, sidekick. 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 I can be a sidekick. Yeah, flag want. kick to the face. Uh, Phil Smith. I don't know where that came from, mate. I was talking <laughs> about. What you I was talking do, to my kids about fly kicks to the face the other day. I don't. Not. I don't. Well, that's. Hey, sound, relax, that Jackie Chan. Good. I think you've had enough. All right, just calm down. No more kickboxing lessons for you. All yeah. Right? Well, I did strain a few muscles. Uh, anyway, Phil, uh, excited to be here to podcast today about a pretty interesting topic. How, yeah. you, how are you doing today, mate? Mate, I'm doing great. Uh, and obviously, I think we've got a pretty cool topic in store. So today, we are talking about upselling. Dun, dun, dun. Upselling. Yeah. Now, we didn't want to mention that topic too early in the podcast because, look, often the idea of upselling, um, it can put people off. You know, I mean, it's, it's just kind of the way it goes. Like a but, dirty word. But honestly, it shouldn't. I mean, it's the easiest way to sell more. I mean, the client is already in the buying mood. Uh, you're already in front of them. You've done all the hard work. You've you know attracted them as a lead. You've converted them to a client. They already know, like, and trust you. You know you've paid for the marketing. You've gotten to site. You've spent the money. Um, plus, when you do upselling right, it can actually dramatically improve the experience of your clients. Like, it's not always about making more money. It's actually about providing better customer service. And people will only buy stuff they want. So if you can make them see more that they might want they can get more of a good job done. So today we're going to talk about how to do upselling the right way so that you can improve your revenue, but more importantly, give your customers an amazing experience. So that's what it's all about. 100%. And uh, you can definitely make a whole lot more money doing this. Um, so don't forget that. And it's good to make money. And sometimes when we talk about sales, it's like some of those money issues come up. Feels a bit awkward. Yeah. Yeah, and it really shouldn't. So, I mean, a few stories we could go with here. Yeah, story. Uh, this We invest in property. Uh, so we have a bunch of um, rentals that we you know, rent out, which is a lot of fun. A whole topic for another day. We could talk about that for hours. But um, I remember many years ago, uh, we had um, an extractor fan that wasn't working in one of the bathrooms, and we needed Sparky to come and fix it. Uh, and you know, it turned out that it needed replacing. That was fine. Uh, but we had been thinking for ages in this particular house that we needed some more PowerPoints and some data points put in. Uh, and the Sparky did a great job, re, re, you know, replaced the extractor fan, uh, which was which was awesome. Uh, and they also asked if we wanted some more PowerPoints uh, or any data points or a bunch of other stuff, you know, done. And we were like, yeah, we do actually. This is, you know, super good. Uh, turns out that this uh, Sparky was actually a member of our Million Dollar Trading Program, uh, and this was something we'd taught, but I'd kind of forgotten. Uh, and, you know, that was just really useful like super helpful stuff we'd been thinking about for ages we just hadn't really got around to it and this often happens you know on jobs client will have something kind of urgent done or, or be focusing on one thing they want done but there's probably other stuff that you could help them with as well and make some more money make some yeah. more revenue uh, so um yeah that's that's kind of how this works yeah, and I think that's the big thing is like sometimes it's that you can help them find other things that they did want. 
you know, who's not even remembers at the time. But hey, I've I'm, I've got a story here, Tony, which is uh, it's actually it's not a trades based one, but sometimes what you're doing is you're actually helping people solve their problem better as well. Mm. So um, people might know this about me. I used to do a lot of travel for work uh, back before I did any work with profitable trading, and um. So I used to live out of a suitcase. And you I used to sell jewellery, didn't you? I used to sell all kinds of things, mate, actually. Uh, <laughs> you used to sell the dream. That's right. Well, I still sell the dream. Ah, um, right. Mate, we got a... But I had a situation where I was actually... I was down in Wellington, um, which wasn't where I was living. I was living out of a suitcase there. And all I used to bring with me, I travelled light. Uh, I had a suit, which I wore during the day. And I'd have round-the-house kind of clothes that I'd wear in the hotel room at night. Now, I got a call from... Um, one of the regional managers down there, and he said, mate, do you want to go for a beer? And I said, yeah, hey, that'd be great. Um, yeah, bored in the hotel room. And I looked in my suitcase, and I was like, well, I don't want to wear a suit. I'm going to look like a dick. Um, but I couldn't also wear track pants uh, or anything like that. I reckon you could have pulled the trackies off. Well, it might have been a bit hard. Um, but anyway, I, I did notice I had a pair of jeans in there, so I was like, well, that's okay, but I, I need something else I can wear on the top half. So what I did is I ran down to a local menswear shop, I won't name names, uh, and I actually knew the guy there because I shopped there a bit, and he said, hey, Phil, good to see you. Um, and I said, mate, I really need a shirt. And he said, hey, let's look around. And he, he showed me one, and I thought it looked cool. Um, hadn't got anything like that at the time. It was kind of like a jeans kind of material, something different. Hadn't had any shirts like that. Anyway, um, bought the shirt, and I got back to uh, my hotel room, put it on, and obviously the pants I had were also jeans, and I looked like a bloody cowboy. Uh, now, the thing is, is, and this is the real question, is what if he'd asked me, hey, mate, um, you know, do you want to also get some pants? Now, trick question here. I would have said no, and the reason I would have said no is because do you also want to buy some pants for no reason? feels pushy, um, which is what we're scared about here with upselling, right, is that we're pushy and trying to add rise with that, for lack of a better word. Um, now, on the other hand, what if he'd asked me, hey, Phil, shirt looks great. Dude, what pants are you going to wear with it? I would have said, oh, well, I've got some jeans back at the hotel, and he would have said, Phil, you're going to look like a cowboy. And I would have been like, whoa, damn. Nothing You're wrong right. with looking like a cowboy, mate. No, no, but hey, look, it's not really my style. And so right. as a result, like the thing is, hey, I might have bought a different shirt. Uh, I also might have just bought some pants. If I'd bought the pants, I would have got the upsell for him. But if I'd bought a different shirt, I also wouldn't have returned the shirt I bought, which is what ended up happening. Um, so the fact is, is like, it's not actually always about upselling. It's about finding out what they might need so you can help them solve their problem, problem. better. That's right. And this is the thing about sales. It's actually professionally helping people to buy to solve their problems. That's it. Uh, so that that's a huge, uh, nice example, mate. Yeah, you're welcome. You're looking good today. Profitable trading. <laughs> wearing a uh, profitable trading polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, always yeah, always I'm a good look. Sorry, I got away from the mic. The yeah, yeah. I don't know the black and the blue. It's, it's okay, mate. It's not really my thing. I'm not kind of like you know. Yeah, Tony's like more of like a pink spandex pants kind of guy. So that's true, actually. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, mate. Hey, look, I I know you're a bit you, younger you did, than me. You, you did 80s, tell me so. where to shop for that stuff, so. <laughs> Happy days. Oh, mate. All right. So, hey, what happens if we don't do this, though? Because yep. there are a few problems we can run into. Yeah, I, th I think the first thing is if you, if you don't have a process for, for upselling or servicing all of the you know the customer's needs, you actually waste some of your marketing dollars and uh, you waste some of the time you actually spent selling and putting prices together and visiting and, and, and that sort of thing. So, you, you know, it's a waste. I think the next thing is if you, if you don't know how to do this, you don't have a process for it, it feels super awkward. 100%. Like, it feels just weird to do it, and the team doesn't buy in because, you know, if you're listening and you've got a team, well, obviously you don't want to be the one doing all the upselling. You want your team to be doing that and, and to be really, you know, hard out, not hard out salespeople, but to be salespeople who are solving people's problems. Yeah, uh, so, so it will feel awkward. And I think you actually can end up providing poor customer service, like the example that you gave. Yeah. You've got a shirt that you actually 
weren't going to wear, didn't do the yeah, job. Yeah, well, I couldn't wear it. I ended uh, up going out in a suit. Yeah, 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 yeah so exactly. It wasn't ideal. No. Uh, so if you don't really explain all the options, um, then they haven't got the choice. And and this happens a lot. Like often people will only pitch the mid-priced option or the lower-priced option because we assume that that's what people will buy. Or yeah. don't assume. You know what they say about assuming something? It makes what? An ass out of you and me? Something that's like that. One, yeah. well, it does because so, some people want the expensive thing. Well, mate, not just that, but some people want more stuff. Yeah. Like, I remember last time I bought a TV, mate. I wanted the TV. I wanted the surround sound system. I wanted the extra sound bar. I wanted the little little this, little that. I wanted all the little bells and whistles. But, uh, yeah, never got offered them. I didn't even know about them till later. I mean, there's, there's situations like that all the time where if you knew about more options, you actually would have got them. You do want them. But no one showed you because no one wanted to be pushy. 100%. Um, I've got another example. Um, you know, we, we um, work with landscapers as well. Mm. Um, and... Uh, we recently, well, recently, it's about four years ago, built a new house and, and had some landscaping done by you know, one of the members of our program, did a great job, Graham and Michelle from Ground Cover, uh, awesome people. Put a, We put a, actually, we didn't do this four years ago, a couple of years ago, we put a veggie garden in and uh, we did it and I was like, well, you know, we're going to need some irrigation as well because it, yeah. it get a bit dry and hot in the summer here in NZ. Mm. Um, so we did irrigation. I'm like, well, you know, for a landscaper, if you're doing gardens, you should always be selling irrigation as well. Yeah. Because... How the plant's going to survive during the summer without water? Yeah, that's the one. But that's the one. I, I, I mean, if you're a landscaper and you're listening, how often do you offer that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, like, it's about offering all the options so that people can make better choices. Um, and hey, look, if they don't choose them, that's fine. But if they know about all the options, often they choose more of them. Hundred uh, percent, which is good for you and good for them. And so it's a, you know, it, it's a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah. So. And so, so that's what happens when you get this right. You, you know, you you solve all the challenges, give them the best solution that they have that you have for them. It's great customer service uh, and you maximise your revenue and your profits which is important when you're in business. You know, we call profitable trading for a reason because mm. profit helps massively with time uh, and freedom. Uh, you've got you know, the ability to, to build things and buy time back. Mm. And if you have a go good process for it, you've actually got a you feel confident about doing it and the team feels confident about doing it and that's, that's huge because if it's awkward, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You got to make it feel really nice and seamless, and you've got to help the um, the team understand the come from here. Because um, again, like I said, like you may feel pushy when you try this. Your team definitely feels pushy when they try this. People are conditioned to say no to upselling. Do you want fries with that? No. Do you want upsize to large? No. I mean, we, we do this all the time. Do you want to buy anything else? You're going to say no. Th uh, just, let's just. Um uh, I want to press the epic fail button. Is that this one? No, it's not. It's this one. <laughs> that, that, You're in the bloody buttons. The bu I'll let you push down. these buttons. So when <laughs> someone says, do buttons. you want anything else with that? Oh, terrible. It's a fail. That's terrible. the fail question. Again, like anything else I can help you with today. It's like, yeah, I mean like accepted norm to sign off the conversation, but it's not actually a helpful thing to ask. That's just you having a last ditch Hail Mary. Like, it why? Is. It is a Hail ask Mary. Ask better questions, man. They probably have other problems you can solve. So ask the real questions, find the real problems, and actually help the people. Yeah. 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 It's like just a polite little bit of chit-chat. Yeah. Now, anything else I can help with? Anything else I can help with, yeah. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll stop I'll, saying yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, don't bother with that one. Now, look, there are people that actually do this really well, though. There's an entire industry, and we're about to go through the solution, but there is an entire industry that basically has this nailed. Uh, and here in New Zealand, it's the automotive industry. Uh, so here in New Zealand, hey, this is probably a bit different for some of our other countries, but you have to get a thing called a warrant of fitness, which is like a certificate that you get for your car um, once every so often, depending on the age of the car. 
uh, where basically they say that it's roadworthy and the automotive shop has to has to give you that warrant. Now, uh, when you go in for a warrant, it's supposed to be about $40. Um, and you go in for your warrant. Now, anyone here in New Zealand that's listening is going to know that they're never $40, ever, ever. Because when you go in, the first thing that they do is that they say to you, hey, mate, so a warrant will take about an hour or so. Uh, it'll cost $40, but what will happen is if we find anything that comes up in the process, we'll give you a call. Now, this is step one. It's very important because they're pre-framing to you that they will give you a call if they find anything. Now, this makes you feel good because you think if they find anything, oh, they might not find anything. Trust me, they will. Uh, But the second thing here is that they're also saying to you that, hey, I'll check with you before I just go and do it. I'm not going to spend your money without asking. Now, 10 times out of 10, you get that call. Uh, about 40 minutes later, and they it's say... It's actually uh, 12 times out of 10, but yeah, you know, well, moving on. When you include all of the upsells. Yep. Um, and obviously the mechanic's going to say to you something along the lines of, hey mate, uh, we've been going through your warrant, and we've found that the gerberator bederberator is broken, um, on top of the gerberator bederberator, and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what they're talking about, and as a result... Hey, I don't know, but I know it's serious. It sounds serious. Uh, now, look, in this case, I'd love to say that it was always genuine, it probably is, and I'm not endorsing you to find stuff that's not there, just to be very clear about this. Um, but they find stuff, right, and there's stuff that needs um, fixing or maintenance or whatever in your vehicle for it to pass the warrant. And then what they do is something else that's also very uh, very tact- tactical, um, where they say, hey, look, mate, if we were to do everything today, it's going to be about 1400 bucks, but we could probably get away with just doing X, Y, and Z, um, and then it would only be, you know, 400, uh, and we can save the rest for next time. So what do you want to do? And I go, wow, my God, that's so awesome. I just saved $1,000. And I go with the 400. Uh, and I feel like I saved $1,000. I actually just spent 400 when it was supposed to be 40. So they've made 10 times the sale. But I feel like I saved $1,000, and I have a roadworthy safe car, which is what I wanted in the first place. Um, so I get what I want. Uh, they get what they want. Um, and everybody's happy. So the real key with this is that every step in there is actually being carefully thought out in the way that it happens. Every word that they said is actually carefully thought out in the way that it works. And what we're going to do with you right now is go through the same sort of process and how you can use it in your trades business. Yeah. So I think that the first thing with all of this is, um, yeah, we definitely dive into the nuts and bolts, but as we talked earlier, sales is not a dirty word. And if you're in business and you own a business, and if you're listening to this, you probably own a business. Uh, and if you don't, well, you'll find this interesting. If you do own a business, this will be super useful. Yeah. Um, it's a skill set, and it's the most important. You know, nothing happens without a sale, uh, and it's professionally helping people to buy to solve their problems. So this is what this is about. It's about providing service. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, and, and making money. So that's fine. But you do need a system, and that's I think what we're driving at here, a- yeah. and the right processes to do this. It needs to be written down. It needs to be scripted out. I mean, you could sort of wing this, and often if you're the owner or a senior person in the business, or you've maybe got a couple of senior people, they could kind of wing this and maybe they do it kind of naturally a bit, but you can never scale that. No. You can't leverage it. You can't teach it to your whole team. You can't turn your business into a you know, profit-generating customer service machine. And you can't ensure it happens every time. That's right. Because even the best people, they'll do a great job one time and they'll forget things other times. No one has perfect memory all the time. That's, That's ridiculous. And as a business owner, we you know we need this to because we've got a lot going on to remember what, you know, how to, how to go about things as well. So the, the processes and the system are, are huge. Yeah, 100%. So let's go through these processes then. First thing, do not call this upselling to your clients. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not good. 
yeah. you want to you want to call it something different, um, and often calling it a, a safety inspection, like a plumbing safety inspection or electrical safety inspection, is a great way to do that. Healthy homes checklist. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And again, if you're doing B two B work, you know, like business to business, maybe you're working on new homes or something like that, and you're working through a builder. Um, it might not be a safety inspection. It might be, you know, a, a pre-job walkthrough. Yep. And and you walk through with the client and you're looking for things that they might actually want to put into the build before you get started. 100%. Yeah. But you got to call it something else. Yep. Very important. Because no one likes being upsold, even though they actually love the outcome. Of and they love upsold. buying as well. Yeah, they love buying. People yeah. love buying. They, they want sold. the stuff. They like to buy. They want to be sold and they want to know what they could have got because they want it. But uh, upselling is usually not a, a fun word. So what's step two? Uh, well, Step two is the preframe. I think you've mentioned that with the, with the um, automotive repair. So Absolutely. we've got to preframe this so people you know know what what's what's coming. Uh, and you know we, we've talked uh, this sort of B two C, which is business to consumer. So if you're dealing with homeowners, uh, or there's also B two B, which you might be working with other businesses, other trades. Uh, and yeah. often it'll be you know plumber, electrician, glazier, painter, tiler, etc., working with general contractor or builder. Yeah. Uh, or maybe a commercial client, you know. Yeah, definitely. Repairs and maintenance or installations. Mm. And let, let's just say it was B, B to C, which is, you know, homeowners. When they when they ring up or make the inquiry, you can say, hey, as part of our service, we offer a free 19-point plumbing safety inspection, electrical safety inspection, wh- whatever it is, to check the condition of your plumbing electrical fittings. It'll take about five minutes. Is that okay? So we pre-frame it so they know that we're going to do it. It's like providing a service. So that's important. Real important, and it, it, it buys the guys about five minutes at the end to blatantly walk around with that checklist looking for stuff, and it's not a weird thing to be doing. Plus, obviously, then when we come back to them, if we find anything, it's also not weird because we said we were going to look, rather than it feeling like it came well, out of he, nowhere. Well, here's, here's something else. Here's like, uh, this is uh, extra for experts. Uh, you know, you can actually say that this has a value. You can say we do our, you know, our free plumbing inspection, normally valued at 79 bucks. Yeah, exactly. But we'll do it free as part of the yeah. service yep. for our healthy homes checklist or Today. whatever you yep. call it. Yeah. And again, if we look at the B2B side of that, then what you might do here is that the pre-framing actually happens right back in your sales process. So when you're first sitting down with that builder or general contractor, you explain to them that you're going to do a walkthrough with the client um, you know, at some stage and you decide when that'll be and you say, these are the types of things I'm going to look for. Here's a list of things I'm going to you know look to add on. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to work out my price right now and I'm going to build in your margin. So what margin would you like to add? And the builder has a chance to actually have that price on a, on a set sheet. Um, and that way they're actually feeling quite positive about you doing this. Because if you don't tell the builder you're going to do it and you don't figure out some of these prices beforehand, then what's going to happen is they're going to feel weird about you dragging the client through site and they're going to get pissed off at all of the back-end pricing and back-and-forward that happens for you guys to settle on a price for you to actually give the client, which makes the whole thing clunky and annoying. Um, But if you can get that organised at the start, then it's way simpler at the end. The builder's stoked. You're making the money and they had to do nothing. Yeah, you're doing all the selling and and taking care of all the the pricing and logistics, which is is awesome. So pre-frame is crucial. So what's the next step? So the next step is you actually need a, a checklist. Yeah. And th- this is pretty simple. Just get a checklist of the maybe 10 or 12 you know, most common items that um, you know that, that y- you may be able to upsell or help the client with. Uh, and we've, we've got a bunch of checklists that we, we talk to our members about. And let, let's say you're a plumber, you might, um, you, know, you might check the water main, you check the hot water system, you know, what age is the system, uh, how long has it got left uh, to run, has it got a tempering valve, you check the tap wear, is it loose or stiff? Do they want a mixer where they've got you know uh, separate faucets? Are there any water leaks? Uh, 
do a quick visual inspection of the roof, gutters, uh, visual inspection of the drains, look at ventilation. So you know, do they have the, the appropriate ventilation, range hoods, bathroom extractor fans, etc. Uh, does the property have gas and check the appliances have been, uh, you know, have been checked and serviced? Mm. Just stuff like that. So you put that in a checklist. Uh, you know, for, for electrical, it might be it might be slightly different. Uh, so it might be you know, checking the switchboard. Uh, is it looking old and, and crusty and like it's gonna you know uh, fire up? Power points. Do they want more power points? Lights, down lights. You know, security lights, bathrooms, extractor fans, heated towel rails, a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. Heating and ventilation. So do they need some different heating? Heat pump, does it need a service? Like there's a bunch of stuff you could just use. Heaps. Uh, which you can really quickly just, um, you know, the, the team can check through. Yeah, 100%. And again, if you're doing B2B, maybe it's stuff that's going to go with the build. So if I'm a plumber, maybe I'm looking for, hey, do you know a lot of people these days are getting instant boiling taps? Uh, you know, you're interested in that. Or, hey, what type of bath were you going to have? And they say, oh, we're going to have a freestanding bath. I'm like, oh, okay, it's important that, uh, that we know that now because, you know, in order to sort the drainage for that, I'm going to have to drill a, drill a yeah. hole through this concrete, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, right here in the middle. And, and hey, with electrical stuff, maybe it's things like uh, smart vents, ventilation systems, uh, heat pump dash split systems, you know, different kind of heating. Maybe they want extra data points or power points depending on... Maybe they want some home automation and they don't realise what's possible. automation, security, alarms, like yep. all those kinds of things. And all it takes is a few questions. You know, hey, where are you going to put the TV? Okay, cool. Well, where are you going to put this? Where are you going to put that? What type of things do you do with it? And that gives you a lot more information about where they're going to need different outlets and things like that, um, which may not actually be in the plans. And then you can just say, hey, right here in the plans, I can see that it's going to have this, this and that. But what you're going to need is here, here and here, some extras. Um, I've got a price list right here. It's going to cost us much money. Should we lock that in? Get them to sign it off on a piece of carbon paper and, and bang, just send it Done. to the builder. By the way, made you some extra cash. Happy days. Too easy. And it's easier to put it in now, right? Don't have to don't have to get 100%. in around other trades later. 100%. Yep. So then, uh, you know, you do the checklist. Let's say it's for, for uh, you know, a repair job, service job, and uh, you just do it like the uh, like the automotive repair people. It's like, hey, look, good news is, um, you know, pass on... Uh, on 15 out of the 19 points, there's a couple of things that um, you desperately, you know, you really need to get done, and there's a couple of other things that, you know, maybe we should look at. Uh, this is what it'll cost for those things. What, what do you want to do? Yeah. Would totally. you like us to get that sorted out? Yeah, and, and, and again, giving some options is huge because yeah. when you give those options, it gives people that feeling of I'm in control and I'm making a choice, which they are, and they can choose what's right for them. So it's not, hey, do I want this or not want it? It's, it's hey, I could go with this option or that option. Um, and again, if you're doing things which are more of a luxury, like uh, you're installing a ventilation system, you might say, we have this model A and this model B, and this costs A and this costs B, and hey, which one do you want to go for? And they can choose uh, rather than feeling like they've been pushed one way or another. Yeah, know? 100%. So, so really, really important thing to yep. do, give and them the choice. Yeah, and, and um, you know, sometimes if you, if you are on a job, uh, and this applies particularly to service and maintenance work. We are you know, servicing a fault or fixing something. Maybe the homeowner's not home or whatever. Well, you can follow them up afterwards. Yeah, um, that's really important. And th there's just so much opportunity, uh, and here. And I, I feel like you know, if you, if you don't have the workflow you want and you're not doing this, then um, you kind of should because yeah. it's it's actually money for jam and customer service for jam. Yeah, uh, as totally. Well. Totally. You, you've got to do it. I mean, I mean, just like you said earlier, like lots of things that you wanted in that rental property, you know, and if you weren't offered, then you wouldn't have known. Um, 
I'm just thinking about again if someone had walked me through my house like I I had a house newly built um and I wish someone had told me about I could have got my fridge plumbed I should could have got an instant boiling tap like, I would have loved those things yeah. man um I've had I've had a smart vent retrofitted I like I would love to have just had that there when I moved in like lots of things like this where it's like I would have taken those things and it's not even I wouldn't have even felt like I got upsold I would have felt like I got the house I wanted Hundred percent, and and I think that the key underlying thing here is, as we talk about sales, is about a mindset. Often, and and you may feel this if you're listening as well. Often, you feel like you don't want to ask for more because, well, you're just asking them for money, which feels yeah. weird. But actually, it can be great service, and that's really important. Hundred percent. You're not tricking anyone to, into anything here. Nobody's going to um, buy buy just, something they don't want. That's it. You're just giving them the full menu rather than telling them there's one there's one special and you have to buy it. Yeah. yeah, and I mean this this can work for all sorts of businesses. Like I talked about landscapers, you know, if you're if you're on site doing a, a consultation with someone, you should have a list of everything that you can possibly do for them, and and offer them those things. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, maybe it's a pizza oven or an outdoor fire, or yeah. you know, it could be anything. Well, honestly, sometimes the thing is, is you got to remember you have the knowledge, like you have the industry knowledge, you know what works way more than you know your client does. I remember um, again landscaping as an example. Like I, I, I built a deck myself, um, with a bloody big deck, yeah, uh, big deck. <laughs> bloody big deck. Uh, so seventy-seven watch square meter deck. That, watch uh, the accent there, mate. Yeah, yeah, we better be careful with that one. Um, but look, I actually have a neighbour who's a landscaper, and he came around, and I was telling him about the deck I was going to build and showing him where it was going to be, and blah blah blah. And the first thing he said is, and again, he had nothing to lose here because he wasn't doing it. He said, "Well, you're an idiot," and I was like, "What? Why?" And he's like. Well, I'm just thinking about the shape that you're building. This is going to make no sense because it's going to eat up this bit. You're not going to be able to get this thing around here. You're going to want to put a garden like this to soften the edge. You're going to want to put gardens over here or otherwise this is just going to look like a big monstrosity. What are you going to do with the trees down that way? Are you going to make a path through here? Like He had all these suggestions which helped me to like actually picture the full thing rather than just the deck I was building. Um and being able to visualize that from the start actually meant that I could do a better job and get what I really wanted. And sure enough, I built the deck, very proud of that, but I had to get him to come to a bunch of other things because uh, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> so he actually, you know, he got a job out of that too, and it was it was a lot of help. I really appreciated his feedback. 100%, 100%. Uh, and if, you, uh, and, and, uh, if you're doing this and you have a team, uh, you're going to have to train your team on this, and that's probably another whole kettle of fish um, in terms of a, a topic of, of training. But, um, you know, real brief, you got to show them what to do. you got to practice it with them. That's role plays. Mm. I know that sucks, but, you know, it's got to happen. <laughs> and then you've got to check in on see how they're going as well. Um, because, um, yeah, getting the team across is, is, is huge. Yeah, definitely. And you've got to measure those results too. It's the only way that you know if it's actually working or being done right. Uh, and one of the biggest results that you can actually measure here is, is in terms of customer satisfaction. You, know, you didn't follow up calls later and people should be stoked when they've been upsold because even though the word upsell doesn't sound great, if you've actually been upsold properly, then that was good customer service and people should be stoked about it. They will be. Because oh, they got something they it. really wanted. Yep, and you've got more revenue and more profit. Yeah, that's right. So you should be stoked too, That's by the way. what we call a win-win. That's right. Happy so days. a few easy ways to know if this is working, right? That's right. Cool. All right, let's land this plane. Alrighty. So today we've been talking about upselling, which is a you know is a great way to increase revenue and customer service, and those those two go together when you do it properly. You need a great system to do this. It's got to be you know a good system and have the right processes written out, scripted out, so it's really smooth and you feel you know great about doing it. And this doesn't cost you a lot of money. You've already got the client. 
You just need to love them a bit more. Yeah. Uh, so simple as that. That's it. Alrighty, so put the effort in and uh, you'll reap the rewards here. 100%. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading. And it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trady in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.